Green is brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Hello, I'm Glynis Crook. Welcome to Being Green. I came across the most alarming story in the New York Times the other day, detailing the extensive trafficking of succulents, many of them endangered, that are unique to the Western and Northern Cape. South Africa is home to about one-third of the world's approximately 10,000 species, and Cape Nature says their fears that the level of poaching may result in some of them becoming extinct in the wild. It's believed that the surge in the smuggling of succulents is driven by a demand from collectors abroad, with foreign syndicates using locals to harvest the plants. To find out more, I'm joined by Adam Harrower, a botanist at Kirstenbosch National Botanical Garden, who's a specialist in succulents. Adam, firstly, how serious do you believe the problem is? Hi, good morning, Glynis. Yes, it's, it is very serious, and it's becoming ever more, more serious. The rate of poaching since mid-2019 is, is escalating almost at an exponential rate. The police in the Northern Cape and the Western Cape are doing a sterling job of arresting poachers and seizing plant material, but I think we're really only seeing the tip of the iceberg, and uh, the majority of plants that are being poached are uh, escaping our borders without our knowledge. So it is very serious, and um, I think probably more serious than, than we realize. Do you have any idea who might be behind the trafficking? Well, we're very aware that virtually the exclusive demand for all of these little succulents is Asia. And, yeah, as you mentioned, they're targeting, um, due to the lockdown last year, the poachers can't themselves now come and and, um, harvest these plants, so they're now approaching locals to do the dirty work, essentially. I read in the um, New York Times story about an out-of-work diamond miner who was one of the people who was arrested. But what are these people taking? Essentially, they're being provided with pinpoint localities of some of the South Africa's most rare succulents. These locals really have very little idea of what they're actually doing. They're being provided photographs and, and pinpoint localities, and they're being told to go out and climb this copy on this farm and uh, harvest as many of this type of plant as possible. And and that's what they're doing. They're, they're digging them up, and they're in places completely exterminating some of these species. Uh, Essentially, they then get uh, packaged and shipped out of the country. Do we have any idea why there's such interest in in the succulents from people abroad? Well, I think succulents generally have had a very um, broad appeal, and and there seems to be, you know, as water scarcity becomes more of an issue all around the world, succulents are are one of the plants that do best in a sort of water-scarce environment. So there's there's a including in South Africa, there's a big demand and an increase towards growing succulents, which is a wonderful thing. But there are a vast variety of succulents around the world, and, and they have the most extraordinary shapes and, uh, and patterns on the leaves, and many of them are very, very attractive. And it seems like uh, the world has cottoned on to some of the succulents of the Northern Cape, and this, unfortunately, is, not, is now the, the flavor of the season. So a lot of people ask, you know, what are these plants being used for? Is it medicinal? Uh, that's, the, that's often the first assumption, but it's not. They, they're purely ornamental. People want these plants for as pot plants on their windowsill. And yeah, unfortunately, the South African succulents are now becoming the main target. So you've mentioned there have been a number of arrests, and I presume that the police are taking the captured plants somewhere for, for safekeeping. But 
once they have been delivered to some nursery somewhere, is it possible to plant them back in the wild? It's a very good question, and that's often a question I get asked. It's not, and despite them being succulents, and one thinks of succulents as being easy to grow and, and drought tolerant, um, we've got to think of the conditions from which they come. You know, the Northern Cape's extremely arid. Planting them straight back in the wild, especially during the summer months, spring, summer, autumn, you know, very dry and, and very unpredictable in terms of rain. So if one had to try and plant them back, they would quite likely die before before they received enough moisture to become established. So the conditions are extremely harsh. But, but more than that, many of these plants, we don't know where they come from because they've been poached. So from an ecological point of view, it's, it's not a good idea to take plants and just plant them back in the wild from an area from which they might not have come. So in, in very uh, certain circumstances, if a plant is only known from a single locality, and then we know if, we, if plants are received or found uh, by the police, that, that potentially these plants can be returned to that site. But then again, many of them grow in rock crevices uh, on, on very steep mountain slopes. And so trying to plant these plants back into those environments mm. is actually yeah, very, very difficult. I am assuming that this is hugely, hugely detrimental for the succulent population in, in the Cape and Northern Cape. Absolutely. And, and the tragedy is that through this poaching, many of these species are being driven literally to extinction. And because the Northern Cape is so vast, it's extremely difficult to, to, to police this and, and control this. So we're doing our best from, from Kirstenbosch's point of view as horticulturists to try and restore some of these species back to the wild. What a terrible story and hopefully there is some success in trying to stop it. That was Kirsten Bosch botanist Adam Harrower and that's it for this week from Eaglinus Crook. Take care and goodbye. Being Green was brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. If we condense the history of Earth into 24 hours, then we've been around for a few seconds. A short time to create havoc yet long enough to know that we have the power to make a difference to our planet. It starts at home, from the moment we wake up and turn on our energy-saving light bulbs. Switch on to a sustainable world with Galinda Moser from Remax Living, our passionate and proud sponsor of Being Green on Fine Music Radio. FMR.